0: We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Happy New Year to you, sir, and good afternoon. How are we doing?
1: Happy New Year. I am doing great. How are you?
0: Fantastic, my friend. Excited for today's conversation. We are off and running. Can't believe this is the third episode of 2024. Right? Yeah. Like just those words. (laughs) It's just crazy to think. So really getting back into the basics this year, You know, talking about effects of time-restricted eating on weight loss in adults. A couple episodes ago, did some post-meal walking for blood sugar management last mm. week. Yep. And then this week, we're going to be talking about an episode that I'm just... I mean, uh, an article that I'm really excited about. Time-restricted feeding improves blood glucose and insulin sensitivity in overweight patients with type 2 diabetes... A Randomized Controlled Trial. And this was from October 7th of 2021. And this is the first study that is studied and set up in this way in human population with Mm -hmm. type 2 diabetes, focusing on the primary and secondary outcomes. So going through this article, it was just like, aha, after aha, after aha. And we want to drop those to you to continue the momentum. Now you might be thinking, well, I'm new to the podcast. I don't have diabetes. Don't worry. We got you. First of all, I want to welcome you in for joining us on the fasting for life podcast. If you want to hear more about how fasting has transformed our lives, Tommy and I have had incredible transformations. And now we are coming to you each and every week, sharing one actionable thing or one or two things you can take away and put into your fasting lifestyle and adopt a fasting lifestyle immediately after listening to the episode. If you want to know more about where we started, head back to episode one, give it a listen. If you're a fasting lifestyle OG and you've been with us for a while, maybe you've Taking a break over the holidays. You're back on track for 2024. Today's episode is going to be impactful for you as well, or at least that's our hope when we dive into these conversations, Tommy. Mm. So, with that being said, this time restricted feeding article looking at insulin sensitivity in overweight patients with type 2 diabetes is that the fasting windows they use, the macro breakdowns of the dietary guidance, and we'll go into all this in just a minute that they recommend. Mm -hmm. And the 12-week length and application of those things with the adherence being greater in the fasting group than in the control group, all Mm -hmm. make it applicable to each and every one of you, no matter where you are on your weight loss, fasting, or health journey. Because once we share the numbers, you're gonna be like, oh, that's it? Wait a minute, I can do that too. (laughs) And that's why we wanna start the year off with these types of conversations. Next week, we're gonna be talking about habit ladders and habit stacking. And we're going to share some of the metrics that Tommy and I are personally working on mm-hmm. for this year as well, because everybody always wants to know, right? right. So we're going to give you a peek behind the curtain, nothing to hide, but we, we don't share a lot of that stuff often, but we've got a new initiative for this year. I've got my wife involved. So now it's going to be a competition. <laughs> so you better believe that I'm going to be upping on. my game. Game <laughs> on. So I just lots of exciting things. What do you say, Tommy?
1: I love a good competition too. Right? And See, not
0: uh, me. So I'm yeah. going to let you all take it over from here. But all right, this article, <laughs> it's great stuff. Let's dive in.
1: Yeah. So as we look at how they actually conducted this and taking two groups, randomized control trial, this is one of the first ones. For human randomized control trials, which is really cool. We have, you know, 60 patients on each side of this for the time restricted feeding group and for the control.
0: That's a big group. study.
1: Yeah, it really is. And the cool thing here is that when we look at it, they're using a 10 hour restricted feeding window, a nutrition opportunity window, as we like to call it, which means that it's 14 hours fasted, which is definitely no stretch of the imagination you could get started with it today even if you've never fasted you don't have to prepare for a 14 hour fast just prepare that hey maybe when you when you wake up you might have a little bit more hunger going into lunch than you've experienced in the past if you've never you know skipped a meal before but Barring that situation, it's really, really easy to jump into a 14 hour fast like that. And the fact that we see some cool results is really, really good. But the other thing I like is just the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of restriction going on here because when they did break their fast, they were allowed to pretty much just eat normally, just consuming normal. And just the fact that we didn't have like artificial macronutrient breakdowns or ratios that were kind of unrealistic or anything else like that means the fact that, you know, we we can really lean into like progress over perfection here. Because if we can do these things in a way that feels more like, okay, I only had to make a couple of changes, then really I can start stacking those on top of each other rather than feeling like I need to do everything perfectly to get this right. And then if it doesn't all go right, then I end up kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So this is the on the opposite side of that, which I really like about this study.
0: So we'll get into the specifics in just a second. You just shared some of the, the, the big picture outline. When the main conclusion or takeaway from this, which is the 10-hour restricted feeding. So we're talking 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., mm-hmm. right? That's your- it's your eating window. Eating window. Ad libitum, no restrictions. Yeah. What naturally happened is really cool, which is if we're talking big picture, we want simplicity. We want sustainability. Sitting in the sauna at the gym, especially this time of year. And you know, this year, New Year's resolutions, new year, new me. I'm going to work out every day. I'm never going to eat another carbohydrate, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. You know, this is the year it's going to be me. Like all these new people at the gym. And I always like to say, be a reason why someone new or someone that's coming back to the gym, be the reason why they come back, not the reason why they leave.
1: Mm. Yeah. Right? That's
0: awesome. So open the door, say hello. Right. If you see a bunch of new faces. So the sauna is a lot busier. It's much more mainstream, much like fasting these days. It's a lot busier. But sitting in there and hearing the struggles, the restart, the mindset, the I lost it, gained it, the protein powders, the macros, the calories, the counting, the tracking, right? All of that. Mm -hmm. And it works to a certain degree if you work it. What I love about fasting is that it strips it down to a level of simplicity where you don't have to worry about all of those little details. And the main takeaway from this is in anything that we talk about, if you're new to the podcast, yes, we talk about weight loss. That's why most people start fasting, right? But it's way more than that. It is a health-driving, health-creating, quality-of-life-improving, disease-reversing practice, even in today's world of convenience, indulgence, and the wonderful food supply that we have. Mm. So the takeaway is, This 10-hour restricted feeding, I don't even want to call it restricted, (laughs) improves blood glucose and insulin sensitivity, both incredibly powerful long-term health metrics, right? Mm -hmm. It results in weight loss considerably more. It reduces the necessary dosage of medications. And this is the key part. I love this, Tommy, because you're going to unpack something called the SF-12, Mm -hmm. which is a physical and mental health summary score. Which I love because we always talk about quality of life, longevity, you know, why do you want to lose the weight, et cetera? And it also offers cardiovascular benefits by reducing atherosclerotic lipid levels. So we're going to talk about metrics on your yearly blood work. If you've just re upped your health insurance, you know, or life insurance, you know that these numbers matter to the system. Yeah. Right? They're these metrics, these boxes that you should be fitting into, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because where we're coming from is that diabetes on its own, not pre-diabetes, not cardiovascular disease, but diabetes is an $827 billion a year burden on the healthcare system and the global public health that we have currently. 90% of people with diabetes have type 2, which is often associated with carrying excess weight or being obese. And I love the authors come from because they say the crisis will continue. We say the epidemic will continue unless a solution is found. And they look, they talk through the, you know, observation of looking at caloric restriction. And, you know, that is now about a a century old. And they talk about different animal studies and different human studies. And they even come out and say that, while CR, calorie restriction, has many benefits, this type of diet may be difficult because it requires a vigilant daily calorie count. Sure. And fasting as an alternative to calorie restriction, inherently, which what it is, has become increasingly popular. Well, we know that because of all the studies that have been done on TRF and ADF and 5-2 and fasting days and feast, fast, repeat, and you know intermittent fasting, 16-8 windows, and all of these different things. And there's so many studies that have been done looking at those metabolic drivers. But TRF in humans hasn't really been well-studied, and it's becoming more mainstream over the last few years. So seven human studies or human trials up until the date of this released article. There's been a bunch more that we've gone over from 2023 in the last probably 15 to 20 podcast episodes. And all of those benefits of TRF have been focusing on healthy humans who are overweight or obese. So that's great. Mm -hmm. But when we talk big picture, the epidemic of blood sugar, the epidemic of diabetes, the epidemic of prediabetes, undiagnosed diabetes, et cetera, this study is showing that you can move the needle without the complexity of caloric restriction. And you're going to move not just the scale, but the true metabolic metrics that matter for long-term health and decreased mortality and decreased risk of death, lifestyle-induced disease, right? Without having to do the standard January mindset, new year, new me, never eating a carbohydrate, working out seven yeah. days a week. This track is the everything. year I'm going to do it. I'm going to track everything, weigh everything. Yeah. I'm going to get a personal trainer. Let's hold up a mirror. Let's take some of the pressure off and mm-hmm. let's apply a different strategy, which is why I love this study because it is a starting point for every single person. Even if you're advanced, you can still gain a lot of encouragement from the, from the labs that for change sure. in this study.
1: Yeah, And the fact I love that it's almost half women.
0: Which is just fantastic.
1: <laughs> the natural thing that happened here with the time-restricted feeding group was they actually had a 28% reduction in their caloric intake just by compartmentalizing, just by going, you know what? I'm not going to have anything after 6 p.m. Say that again. 28% They reduction. weren't tracking. No, they weren't tracking at all. They weren't and weighing. No, they could, they could eat whatever they wanted. It's just that they cut it off by 6 p.m. That's a really cool point too, because I opened my part of the conversation here talking about like the ease of skipping breakfast as kind of like stepping into into fasting, you know, right? Mm -hmm. But for for this protocol, like you highlighted, they started at 8 a.m. They ended by 6 p.m. But the cool thing there is that's actually more effective. We know that to be more effective because of the rise in insulin resistance as the day goes on. So later on into the day, we're going to have a higher blood sugar response, a higher insulin response for any given food or any given meal versus earlier in the day. That's just what happens to the human body. And so understanding that and going, you know what, breakfast is okay. I just want to cut off the late night stuff. And if I can do that, I can experience a substantial benefit from that. It's really, really cool because just that natural reduction in the caloric intake without a drop in compliance or adherence or without an increase in frustration or, you know, dropout from the study or anything else like that. Like these patients were going through a very sustainable protocol and they were able to adhere to it for a long period of time as well over a 12 week period. And you know, another cool thing that that happened was was just the fact that with that caloric reduction, they actually experienced what you mentioned earlier with the overall health, it's called the SF 12 form. And what it is, is it's actually a questionnaire about how are you feeling about your own personal health? And what they found was a 9% improvement in that score overall across the 12 weeks versus the control group. And this is looking at things like, have your activities of daily living been affected by the way that you're feeling, like your pain level or your overall health? What have you accomplished? Have you accomplished more or less than you would like to have over the past few weeks? What about when you're at work or in the house, what are the things that like have you felt more calm and peaceful or less calm and peaceful? What about your energy levels? Downhearted and blue? Things like that. Things that like really, really matter. Like where the rubber hits the road. Like what I really care about day to day. And just looking at it and an improvement on that with this simple compartmentalization of your actual, you know, eating, your your fasting and your feeding is just incredibly promising. Especially going into the new year, where it's like I would love to accomplish some big things this year. But what I don't want is another year where I try to change everything. And then by the end of the year, it's kind of like, ah, it's way I'm, I'm way off from what I was thinking from January 1st. What I'd really love is to put some tangible things together that I can really connect to over the year and then see a big improvement, you know, as as the year goes on.
0: Hey, y'all, I want to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use our promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He's our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is, Uh, We were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put in his room, he slept through the night. The second night slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is, Uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing. And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors. We take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money and they have not done the results that air doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room they filter out 99.99 percent of dangerous contaminants that includes pollutants such as allergens pollen pet dander dust mite mold spores and even bacteria and viruses so i don't know what it was that was keeping them up but it is now gone so air doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money back guarantee so if you don't love it send it back for a refund minus shipping Head to airdoctorpro.com, use promo code fasting for life to receive up to $300 off air purifiers, an exclusive listener um, offer for you as well. You'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. That's exclusive to you, the podcast listener now hearing this in real time. Lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code FASTING4LIFE. You guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with. And if it wasn't for this incredible company and the incredible results that we've seen, I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. So let's be real here. Like if we're talking big picture, I mean, why do we do the things we do? Like, why do we want to be healthy. Ultimately, it's for our quality of life to show up better as a husband or a spouse or a grandma or grandpa or a parent or a preacher, whatever it is, right? Like we ultimately, we want to feel good because we deserve it. Like we are given this life to enjoy, like we work hard, play hard, whatever framework you want to use, right? Ultimately, we strive to be healthy. We strive to feel good. I'm not saying every day, but we strive to have more good days than bad days. Sure, yeah. What I love about the study is that we're looking at this SF12, and it's something that we found through taking. I think it's like fifty-five hundred people through our challenges. Next one's coming up on January thirty-first. As I'm thinking about it, yes, which is or a few weeks away. Don't wait. Links in the notes. You can go click it. I uh, awesome. would love to have you. It's going to be. It's one of our favorite challenges of the year because it's it's not at the first week of January. Right. <laughs> it's the last week of January. Right? So let's get all the, let's shake out all the stuff and let the dust settle. Right. And then let's make some change heading into the second month of the year. Heck yeah. So that's coming up. Back on track here, the lifestyle component, the sustainability component to those conversations that I've been hearing sitting in the sauna over the last few weeks, right? Mm -hmm. The gym's busier than ever. It was crazy today. It was nuts. It's like, all right, I love it. People taking action. Right, And then in a couple of weeks, it's like, where'd they all go? Well, the sustainability component is something that we really talk beginning with the end in mind is another way we say it probably over the hundreds of episodes. That's something that we've kind of part of our lexicon that we've said mm-hmm. is beginning with the end in mind. So hearing the conversation, yeah, I did keto and you know I lost it, but then I got pregnant and then I had the baby and then the keto wasn't working anymore and I just couldn't stick to it. And so now I'm trying something different, right? So it's it's this, if you don't see the thing you're doing as part of your long-term version of you that's going to show up and do it then eventually the motivation, the energy, the beginning of the year, life's going to come in and get you and you're going to fall off track. And that's just part of the normal ebb and flow. How quickly can you get back on? How many next week's episode? How many habits do you have in place that you can go back to that regain that momentum quickly, right? Mm -hmm. So the fact that they had lifestyle improvements in 12 weeks, so you're like, oh, 9%, that's not that big of a deal. Well, nine times four is 36 Thirty-six percent is kind of a big deal. Sure. This week, next year, thirty-six percent better. Like, I'll take it. Sign me up. Times right. two. Right. Like two. Yeah. So the other piece of this that I really love was that they had a MES score, was a medi- medication mm-hmm. efficiency score, efficacy score, and a smaller MES corresponded to a reduced dose of medications in this case, and that's what we want. Diabetes is reversible. So, for example, like an MES change of 0.5 is equivalent to a decrease of 1,000 milligrams of metformin, which is one of the most commonly prescribed diabetes medications out there. Mm-hmm. So, what I love is that they were looking at the medication decrease, which was one of the main outcomes.
1: Yeah. So, when you look at triple, the major... I want to... Go ahead, Tommy. Triple in the time-restricted feeding group. They had Say three, it one more time. They had three times the medication effect score change in the time-restricted eating and feeding group. Than they did in the control group three times, and so three what, times, yeah. And it's not just insulin; it can be based on any medication that someone is on while they're going through the study as well. Which means that this it could have applied to you know thyroid hey, or,
0: and said thyroid, yeah, yeah cholesterol, mm-hmm. blood pressure, all that stuff, yeah, all of it. Yep, all of it. I mean, affected. that's huge. In the thousands of patients when I was in clinical practice that I saw, I never had that that's I can true. recall a patient say. Yeah, I'm really glad I'm on this medication. I can't wait to be on it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Now, obviously, medical emergency, you know, seizure, like specific subsets. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. The general pop, like... Chronic Really? You just want to... Like, that's the solution? I've never felt that, right? I've never aligned with that. So the primary outcomes in this study were A1C. So that's a 90-day average of where the glucose molecule is in the carbon atoms of your blood, of your Mm -hmm. red blood cells. So, it's like kind of a trending up or down number. It's a lag
1: measure. Then we've got sugars attached, right?
0: Yeah. And how much sugar? Yep. I think I said glucose and carbon. I should have just said sugar. Fasting plasma glucose, right? So, fasting blood sugar Mm -hmm. and body weight. And the secondary outcomes, we've alluded to a couple of these already, were the homeostatic model assessment of beta cell function, HOMA B, Mm -hmm. HOMA beta, which means you want to see. An increase in HOMA beta for a healthy insulin response. Remember, the mm-hmm. study is in diabetics. So their insulin, it's like eh, not even gonna, not even gonna work anymore, <laughs> right? Because of yeah. the insulin resistance. <laughs> yeah. So that was cool to see. Insulin resistance itself, HOMA IR, which is the industry standard, MES, we already talked about SF12, we talked about, and also adverse events and cardiovascular risk lipid markers, including triglycerides, total cholesterol, LDL, HDL, and then body weight and BMI as well. So it was interesting that the adherence was great. We actually had better adherence in the TRF group than we did in the control group, which I found interesting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because they were feeling better, probably. I mean, I'm obviously just making some assumptions here, but yeah, I would think after the first couple of weeks and you're kind of trending down on certain things, you start to feel better. And then it's fairly easy to adhere to this protocol right here. But success leaves clues. Like it's, it's leaving behind a a change in your physiology and how you're actually feeling. So I would think by probably week two or week three, it's starting to become a little bit more natural. It's not all that difficult to just, you know, kind of stop what you used to do in the evening time hours and then leading to something like, let's say on the, on the home of beta you literally had there like a a 25% improvement in that HOMA VEDA score. In the HOMA IR score, it was something like a 15% improvement. And this is in the time-restricted feeding group. So just going again, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., cutting it off, huge, huge response. And But you mentioned lifestyle changes too. What we also noticed was a huge reduction in certain habits like sugar, sweetened soda um, for the time-restricted feeding group. Right, where they they actually had a significant reduction, over half, like over a 50% drop in that. Whereas the control group actually experienced an increase in consumption of sugar, sweetened soda and other things like that. So it's just cool to see like the trickle-down effects and just the fact that we didn't have to change everything for a whole bunch of good things to kind of compound here.
0: So just going kind of rat-a-tat-tat through here, looking at the dietary guidelines, I want to mention just a couple of things. You already mentioned the 531 delta in terms of caloric decrease, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So naturally, a decrease in caloric intake Yeah. without guidelines, Yep. right? And it did change in the control group. It went down 75, so negligible, right? Protein, mm-hmm. however, this is where I mentioned this can apply to anyone, right? Because we always want to say, I'm never going to eat a carb. I'm going to cut out all sugar. I'm done drinking. I'm, you know, that kind of black and white on-off mentality, right? Sure had a conversation with our contractor who was doing our remodel on our downstairs because of our leak. And we had mitigation mm-hmm. done and battling with the insurance company and finally came around and he was here the other day and he's like, all right, this year I'm doing a different, I'm doing small steps. So okay. <laughs> 15 minutes a day, I'm just going to move my body in some way. He's like, I'm going to you know, limit the nights that I have a beer or a glass of wine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to you know, limit the amount of indulgences, right? that I have. Like, so, yeah. you know, one of my clients brings me cake in the office. I'm not going to have the cake for breakfast anymore. Right. I'll, okay, I'll wrap it up. I'll bring it home. He's like, I'm just going to be more mindful rather than this whole like new year's resolution thing, which yeah. we know. Old turkey, everything. Yeah. It gets bastardized and just doesn't work. So what I love about this is, what I don't like is that the protein content is incredibly low. Yeah. It's only 18% in both groups, 18 or 19 at flip-flops from baseline to week 12. Yeah. But the carbohydrate. Went down three percent from fifty-two to forty-nine in the in the TRF group, and from fifty-one up to fifty-two again, negligible mm-hmm. in the control yep. group. Pretty standard, but, though. Like you know, yeah, pretty like standard a, American diet, standard right? Standard American diet, yeah. So, did they cut out all the carbohydrates? No, sugar did go down three points in the TRF group and a uh, percentage points, and went up one percentage point in the control group, and the fat content pretty much stayed the same around thirty. Mm right? So what I want you to hear is, because you mentioned the diet soda and the sugar sweetened drinks, right? Went down. Yeah. Is you don't have to do the system reboot, the overhaul. If you're that type of person, sure. But is that truly sustainable long-term?
1: Mm. Did it work last year? Just, just, ask great you, you know, question. Right? just ask yourself. If I went back four or five years and I said, did it work the last time I tried it? The answer is a very resounding no. Or it so, may have worked. Yeah. But did it last? Yeah, that's true. Right. Did it work past Q1? Because be that's me. Good,
0: good question. Right. You know, the honeymoon back in the day, the wedding, the event, you can really buckle down and white knuckle it for a while.
1: Sure. Right. Yep. I remember a trip to Hawaii where I, I white knuckled it six months. Yep. I think. Yeah.
0: Yep. So when we're looking at these two groups after 12 weeks of intervention, here are some of the, the results A1C, 18%. Versus eight percent in the control group. So great decrease in both groups, but considerably greater. The fasting plasma glucose, 15 percent compared to eight percent. Wow. Body weight, they hypothesized five percent and two percent in the TRF and control group respectively, but it ended up coming out to four percent, which was about three kilograms, so whatever that is, yeah. seven-ish pounds. Is that right? Right around there. Right around there. And one percent, so about less than two pounds in the control group. BMI came down 6% in 12 weeks compared to 2%. HOMA-IR, right? gold standard for insulin resistance, which is the underlying driver of blood sugar dysfunction that shows up in the muscle cell decades before it shows up in the liver or the bloodstream, which then turns into prediabetes or diabetes. Mm -hmm. 14% decrease in 12 weeks compared to 3%. Wow. And a 24% increase (laughs) in the HOMA-BETA which is the insulin response, like almost like thinking about it like an insulin sensitivity response. Your insulin's like, ooh, blood sugar, there's energy, gotta either store it and get it into the cell or use it. Yep. Compared to 24%, compared to 9% in the control group. So just astounding results. Again, 10 hour window and standard American diet.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's some stepping stones. You know, to kind of see in the patterns here, because if we think about fasting and you know different fasting times and ways to do it, how adherent am I, you know, to it? The five two, you know, way to fast versus alternate day fasting versus mm-hmm. OMAD, one meal a day. All of these kind of things, we can kind of think about it as there are a lot of different fasting regimens, fasting schedules, and and ways right. to fast that I can have in my fasting tool belt. Well, you know, like. Going into this with a 14-hour fast, and again, I'll I'll reiterate the fact that a 14-hour fast is not necessarily the same if it's like a 10-hour eating window from noon to 10 p.m. 12 to 10. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. 12 to 10 is definitely not the same as 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., a thousand percent. From a blood sugar,
0: insulin response perspective, right? From a core perspective, it can be the same. So I just want to make sure that point's clear.
1: Yes. And so even if you're tracking everything, you're not going to have the same results, period. So it's really good because this is, this is a spot where you can, you could step into fasting for sure. But even an experienced faster will learn, you know, from this study right here and could benefit potentially. Like if you've been doing one meal a day, if you've been doing one meal a day dinner, trying out a one meal a day lunch, for example, like cutting it off a little bit earlier might have a a benefit for you that you might not have noticed in the past. And, you know, sometimes it's tough to actually see those, those benefits, especially if the scale right? Like if the scale is your only metric, which I know like 2024 and new goals, like there's a lot of scale goals out there for sure. But I'm going to encourage everybody, find some other things to look at too. Grab some of your clothes you know, that maybe fit last year or a few years ago. Something else like that that you can kind of see, take a look in the mirror, take a few pictures, something else like don't live and die by the scale like I did for so many years, right?
0: Well, we did an episode for better fitness and health benchmarks, episode 207 that came out December 12th where we talk about other things it can use for measurements. But when you were talking there, it just made me think about my recent experience in the sauna, right? So I want to give a shout out to NutriSense. You and I are both doing a minimum 90-day kind of reset here at the beginning of 2024. And NutriSense has been incredibly powerful on my insulin-resistant and health journey. NutriSense combines cutting-edge tech with human expertise. So you can see how your body responds to different food, exercise, stress, and sleep. So stress and sleep, exercise, food, I mean, that pretty much was the tricky trifecta plus two for me in not being able to get a handle on my labs and metrics and health and how I felt on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Up until 2019, when I started fasting consistently and diving into a lot of the research. So, what you do is NutriSense pairs the CGM, which is the continuous glucose monitor. And they're a lot more mainstream these days. You've seen them a lot. A lot more people have diabetes, they're prescription based. But in this case, we're not using it for that. We want to be using it for our health goals and our health metrics, right? Combine the CGM which is the biosensor that you put on the back of your arm, it's completely painless. It's just a couple of seconds, you zap it together, you scan it with the app and that is where the magic happens because you've got both the tech plus the app and the visual and the human expertise where you get that expert dietitian guidance as well. Yeah. So this is where you get to see how your body responds to things in real time. So I went in recently did a sauna session 30 minutes was about 188 to 190 degrees mm-hmm. don't start there if you're just starting sauna i'm doing it for the heat shock proteins and the cardiovascular benefit and the long term you know the the family history of stuff i want to prevent anything in terms of you know lifestyle decisions that i've made up until this point mm. i want to stack the deck in my favor so i've been doing sauna and i had not done sauna yet wearing NutriSense or the CGM. And I saw a close to 30 point reduction in my blood sugar from one 30 minute session. Wow. Nice. And I'm like, that's motivating for me to hit that 30 minute mark. Now I'm going to be tracking it over the next, you know, minimum 90 days. I'll probably end up doing six months again. Mm. But what this does is it seeing the data in real time makes it easy to identify what you're doing well and where there's room for improvement. So my sleep, yeah. especially coming out of the holidays, still something mm-hmm. I got to work on. Heart rate variability, still something I'm going to work on. But lasting mm-hmm. sustainable change takes time. It can be achieved through a longer term you know, application. So that's why you and I have committed to doing minimum 90 days. If you're first starting out, we recommend six or 12 month subscriptions. You can head to the show notes. They become an incredible partner for us. NutriSense.io forward slash fasting for life. You get $30 off and a one month of free dietitian support. So, Tommy, love it. We're talking long term health metrics here, right? Mm -hmm. I want to share some of the cardiovascular risk markers that also changed that were secondary here. And then we'll wrap up with some action steps. But after 12 weeks, the TRF group resulted in a significant reduction in triglycerides, 9% versus five. And then total cholesterol, 6% decrease versus three. LDL cholesterol 11% versus 6. So, right? If you're using not just LDL but LDLC because if you're using LDL as a deciding factor for cholesterol management, then that's outdated science. So, this is LDLC, which is the one we want to see decrease 11%, and then HDL pretty much stayed the same. Now, over the course of 6 months to 12 months, I would expect that HDL level with consistent fasting windows, probably a little bit longer than the 10 hour, the 14 hour fasting and the 10 hour eating opportunity or eating window. I would expect to see that. And we've seen that in other studies that we've talked about. So all of that, right? Cardiovascular risk markers, standard American diet, short fasting window, shifting Mm. the window earlier in the day. And the step count was taken into account here as well. So the total step count remains similar in both groups. And it says the activity change between baseline and 12 weeks did not correlate with weight change.
1: Mm.
0: Well, who's ever heard of eat less, move more to lose weight and get healthy? Right all of us, right? Yeah. So is walking a really great way to tap into some some additional fat burning when you start fasting? Absolutely. But I just love that that dichotomy between the old versus the new. Yeah. Right? So this study being the first to study the effects of TRF on weight, blood sugar and CVD risk factors in overweight patients with type 2 diabetes. It's just really powerful to know that if this is the starting point, you know, we've got the MES we talked about, 31% decrease. We've got the SF-12, you know, quality of life considerations, which is really the motivation to continue to do it. Yeah. I just love that the application here can be for anybody. And that's really why we have the blueprint to fasting for fat loss,
1: too. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, go download it if you're looking to expand your fasting at all, or kind of take it to the next level, or just get a better foundation of how and why and what to do when. Go grab the blueprint to fasting for fat loss. But you know, it's again, it's not just about fat loss for sure. But you know that that's that being the main reason why most people find fasting. But I want to highlight the. That medication effect score, just one more time that you mentioned, because just the fact that even if you have no weight to lose, but you have a certain medication that you would just love to get off or at least love to reduce because you know, you just know it would be better if you didn't need that much of it or if you didn't have to be on it forever. There's great data in here with a small but deliberate compartmentalization of fasting and eating that led to a substantial improvement in medication effect, which means that each milligram of dosage was that much more effective for each individual, which is which is a really cool thing regardless of of actual weight loss too.
0: Tom, we've been sitting on this article for a few weeks. Heck, I even lost it for a while. Well, <laughs> oh, peek down the curtain. Hey, we're doing this one today. Wait, we've already done this one. Oh, wait, that's the wrong article. That's right. Because we've been saving this one. That's a direct quote, by the way. Yeah, direct quote, like not making this up for this time of year. And this is a quote from the article in the conclusion. So our study showed that 10-hour TRF reduced body weight and blood glucose and improved insulin sensitivity in overweight patients with type 2 diabetes. Great. Here's the kicker. These results occurred without deliberate. Now, we're not saying don't do these deliberate attempts, okay? (laughs) Like exercise and changing your diet because fasting is only half the equation. Yeah, Those will be
1: helpful things for sure.
0: Yes. And we're going to be doing a whole new food-related type launch here later this year, later this quarter. Stay tuned and really focusing on the other half of the equation because we hear so often that fasting is the easy part. Yeah. We've taken a poll on 5,500 people now that have gone through our seven-day challenges Mm -hmm. and- 80% 80% of the time, yeah. what's your biggest concern? Well, it's food-related or relationship with food or food yeah. decisions or food, food, decisions. food choices, yeah. emotional connection, food, et cetera. So here's the kicker. This is the from the conclusion. Back to the quote. These results occurred without deliberate attempts to increase physical activity and to change the quality or quantity of diet. These results occurred without deliberate attempts to increase physical activity and change the quality or quantity of diet. Importantly, mm-hmm. we also found significant improvement in CBD risk factors, triglycerides, total cholesterol, LDL, without the use of stains or fibrates. Additionally, when all the above indicators were significantly controlled, the doses of medications came down and their perception of physical functions and daily activities were improved. Wow. Furthermore, the good compliance, the high level adherence to TRF and low dropout rate in our study indicate that a 10-hour window for TRF may be feasible for patients with type 2 diabetes to follow. Preach it. Authors. From this article, because that is exactly, Tommy, what you and I are out to do is to simplify this equation for you and make it real life applicable. Yeah. So you can get long term results and not just get those short term bursts of motivation that end up in the cycle of frustration where you end up, you know, not even being really bought into the idea of doing it again.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I felt like I was probably 10 years ago when I first heard of fasting but then my very first thought being the tracker that I was reformed tracker thank you now right but back then was was something along the lines of i'm already tracking everything just compartmentalizing or eating within a certain window if that's what you guys call it at the time how is that going to help me? there's no way that that could help me. It was was basically my my conscious and subconscious thought, and like kind of pushed away from the whole idea of fasting. but just the fact that there's so much more to it than that, setting an intention, making a decision for when my eating window is, and then knowing that that's going to lead to a lot of other decision making dominoes that are going to be farther along the line that I can potentially that there's going to be kind of a built in reduction in calories, a built-in reduction in cravings, a built-in improvement in my sleep quality because I'm I'm cutting off intake later on into the day, which that was a big thing for me. I know it's not for everybody, but you know, it can be late night snacking, it can be just late night boredom or it can be hey, I'm already tracking everything and I have a couple 100 more, more calories left and it's, right. you know, it's getting into the into the late night hours here. But those affect sleep, which then affects cravings and quality of my fast and ease of being adherent to my next fast the next day which then affects my results so it's all connected but just understanding that drawing these deliberate lines in the sand here means that I'm I'm setting myself up for future better decisions without having to micromanage every piece of the puzzle. I don't have to overanalyze and control every aspect of it to get a whole bunch of things right, you know. And and it, that can feel mm. like a little bit of a leap of faith, you know when you first get into it. So I get it, I was there. But short circuit that. Don't spend 5 years waiting to take that little leap and just see how it goes, right? Like I'm going to encourage you to just take a, a little bit of a jump, you know, if you if you've never jumped in before.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. So if you're looking for more resources, what to do next, head to the show notes you can grab the Blueprint to Fasting for Fat Loss 20-page PDF. We'll zoom it over the interwebs into your email inbox. You can have it. You can download it. Different fasting schedules, a little bit of the who, what, why, when, where, and why to fasting and why we recommend what we recommend. You can also head to the Facebook community on Facebook. It is a group of folks that are all on this fasting journey. And most of them have come from listening to the podcast. So it's a really great community, uplifting community. And then January... 31st is our first seven-day Master Fasting Challenge of 2024. You can head to the show notes, click the link for more information, dates, and to register. Tommy, great conversation, sir. Excited yeah. for an incredible 2024. And just hoping that you know everyone that listened today, beginner, intermediate, or expert, I feel is going to be able to take something away from the action steps and the outcomes of a study much like this. And we're just going to continue to bring... Value and conversation to fasting and put a spotlight on it each and every week. So, as always, sir, appreciate the conversation and we'll talk soon. Thank you.
1: Bye. So, you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day to
0: day life. While you're there, download your free fast start guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life.